0: So this is episode nine. I'm joined by um Chet in this episode from Strength Education. Um we are on location at the Mark Fisher Fitness inside the Unicorn workshop. So we will mention that in the um our discussion, but I'll also talk more widely about um coaching processes Uh, the wider art of coaching um, and then also talk about um, the offer that Chet provides through strength education and how things string together through the way he provides that education resource I hope you enjoy the episode Um, as always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes and be sure to um, check out the Facebook page thanks very much, bye Hey folks so we're on I think episode nine, I might be wrong, but you can all kind of heckle at me for a continuity error if it's incorrect. I'm with Chet from Strength Education. We are on location in London, um, halfway through day two of um, Inside the Unicorn, which if you don't know what that is, that is uh, a weekend with Mark Fisher and Michael Keeler from Mark Fisher Fitness, um, who are doing absolutely tremendous things within the world of fitness, uh, ch- putting things on ahead. So with Chet, we're going to talk about the the weekend thus far, and then that will hopefully lead into a conversation around strength education. So welcome, Chet. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, so what have you made of
1: the weekend thus far? Love it. It's um, this conversation that we're having this weekend. Well, let's, let's preface it a bit. I had the privilege of... Uh, listening to and speaking with Mark at Strength Matters last year uh, absolutely blew me away. That was the first time I met him uh, purely because of his uh, depth of knowledge, understanding and ability to teach the humanistic side of business and of coaching which is very much where I come from and where strength education comes from as well. So privileged to be uh, Listening to and learning from Mark and his non-sexual business partner Michael Keeler, as he would put it, uh, this for the second time, and being able to explore that. Ath- the, the thing that I think about most of the time that I spend most of my working research and and life thinking about in greater depth from from his perspective. So yeah, re- really enjoying it. Probably sounds a little bit vague to most people listening to, to this just now in terms yeah. of humans and humanistic coaching approaches. So uh, I guess we're going to be exploring that in a bit anyway. And if that kind
0: of if that that sort of picture is up and you kind of think, oh, this is going to be a bit different. There's a couple of things you can do right now. You can either stop listening and check out Mark Fisher Fitness. For sure. Start delving into some of the work that Chet's doing around uh, strength education. But we'll talk specifically about Mark, and then that will be a nice sort of kind of segue into uh, the work that Chet's doing now, and specifically the work that um, my businesses are doing with Chet. Cool. Um, So in terms of the stuff that we've had delivered, what do you think that Mark and Michael
1: are doing differently that's led them to so much success? That's a great question. So I think funnily enough, it was the piece that we've just experienced in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Mark quite neatly summarized it himself when he said, uh, and this is perhaps a bit of a cheap joke as well, but but uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying Mark Fisher Fitness is all about cheap jokes. Uh, but, but he says the thing that they do best is make soft things hard. Yeah. So make the soft part of coaching and business. So right now we were looking at, for example, uh creating uh, a culture and how you do that and how you even audit your the culture within your business uh on a regular basis quarterly and annually and so on and so forth which is a weird concept for many people right i mean even like this that can get to get a handle on culture to get a handle on even coaching is is sometimes difficult and i feel that's been a theme throughout the weekend as well um uh, in terms of being able to I can't remember exactly how mark puts it but but you know often the we, we need to measure stuff in terms of, to be able to do something meaningful with it but often the things that are meaningful we can't measure yeah uh, or it's difficult to measure mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I think the thing that they do well is is building reasonably solid systems around that and trying to qualify and quantify those things and and that's similar to what we do in, in a different setting mark fisher fitness and inside the unicorn probably more from a business perspective and strength education more from a coaching perspective
0: yeah and i think it would be fair to say that the uh the whole kind of business for unicorns mark fisher fitness is, mm. a, is a larger than life kind of concept it's definitely a lifestyle concept um, and it's you know, reflecting what we just said in terms of making this sort of intangible tangible, mm-hmm. even though they have this kind of quite unique way of doing stuff, there's some very sh- um, sh- uh, shrewd and smart systems that yeah.
1: play in the background. And, and in terms of, absolutely, and in terms of, the, the meaning behind this conversation and the importance behind this conversation so another bit of context so mark just came back from speaking at um, the perform better summit huge huge sort of giant of giants uh, fitness summit and spoke uh, we were speaking about this at lunch yesterday he spoke on behavioral behavioral change uh, which from the from those two words in themselves you know anyone who's new to these concepts hopefully will will uh, get an insight into how important these are you know anything that we're doing whether you're talking about nutrition whether you're talking about coaching um or any aspect of fitness strength whatever like fundamentally what we are facilitating there is behavioral change and uh, i was asking mark how his talk went down and he said you know that it was well oh, this is paraphrasing obviously but he said it went down so surprisingly well and um, and it was just cool that he could have this conversation amongst the industry and an industry which perhaps hasn't traditionally had this conversation before and um, testament to, to Tom to what to you to what you and I have been speaking about as well uh, a, super, a super secret squirrel project uh, that, <laughs> that, that that we're working on but um, to give people a glimpse there is this conversation to, to be had and to give uh, an idea of who else is having this conversation. You met with and, and learned from Carl Peoli recently. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely someone I would include in this realm, and Kenny Kane as well, uh, current owner of CrossFit LA and many other things besides. Um, uh, yeah, so this is this is a, a sort of underground kind, I feel, but 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 rising an incredibly important conversation. And if if you don't mind, perhaps I could provide a little bit more understanding and context. Oh, yeah, I've bit, behind so, it so. Yeah. When you think of a coach, and if you think of uh, societies and the media's interpretation of a coach, traditionally, a, a coach is like an all-knowing and all, uh, you know, a, a totally knowledgeable, doesn't need to, definitely doesn't need to, um, to ask their students or athletes, anything it's like they have all the answers and are expected to have all the answers and are something of a commander and they do all the talking and i'm sure you get the general idea Mm -hmm. um it's much more a
0: hierarchical type relationship.
1: very much like rarely i mean you know think think about this yourselves like how often does a coach get portrayed as an educator within society, within the, the news or the media or whatever else and how how often does a coach get portrayed as someone who tells someone what to do and that tell part is really important right? Mm-hmm. so uh, to turn that on its head an, an athlete coming into your gym if you're listening to this as a box owner or a gym owner or a coach PT or whatever the case might be a, an athlete coming to you is going to have a very subjective experience. It's not up to you to tell them what their experience will be. And it never will be because that's how humans work. Their experience of the coaching is going to be entirely up to them. All we can do as coaches, and and for me, what the definition of coaching is, is to create that environment and facilitate that self-reflection and self-correction and that subjective, positive, betterment experience, Mm -hmm. for want of a better way of putting it. Uh, and you know and that that's what we should be doing as coaches purely because that's how humans work and that's not always what we do as coaches for many reasons right perhaps because of this this uh interpretation of coaches in in wider society and even our interpretation of coaches as we've grown up you know from like our what i would call a walk-on sports coach you know maybe like a parent or something else who again has had this understanding of coaching based on what they have experienced so it becomes this vicious cycle and it's hard to break and i hope you uh, like i hope you don't mind me carrying on on this on this tangent for a minute but well if it's a tangent perhaps it's the most fundamental thing ever but um but uh you know it's it's a hard one to break because some of the approaches you might hu- use for a humanistic athlete-centered coaching approach would be to ask questions of the athlete, for example, and that would be to help gauge, to help the athlete and to help the coach gauge where that experience is sat at that point in time and you know what the athlete does know and what they don't know and what they're good at and what they're feeling and how they are interpreting that experience. and. We're then we're then able to move it forward however neither coach neither the coach nor the athlete because of this wider understanding of what a coach is are usually prepared for that type of discussion so you know you you imagine it yourself now put yourself in uh, in the uh, in an athlete's shoes or you as an athlete going into a situation how often do you get told what to do versus um versus someone finding out a little bit more about where you're at with their stuff and what do each of those coaching experiences feel like to you think of a great coach think of your best coach was that someone that was constantly just firing words and things and commands at you or was it someone who uh, empowered and enabled a little bit more self-reflection hopefully those concepts those thoughts give a little um a little bit of a, a context and a rounding out of what this topic actually means mm. in real life. Yeah, and
0: I, 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 I'll give an example um, from from my coaching and, and sports experience in terms of my, my response would be that, you know, a good coach for me would be someone that understood me.
1: You Absolutely. Know, on, on,
0: on a very, well, not necessarily, yeah, on a fundamental level. And, and the reflection I give is way back when I used to do gymnastics. Yes, I did gymnastics at primary school, just like everyone did. Pit but you up off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> but I had the I had the um, I had the opportunity to then um, compete, um, and uh, my coach was also my uh, my teacher at the time, and um, he, he fortunately he was also my form teacher. Of probably two or three other different. Years whilst I was at primary school, and we were preparing for one of the um, inter primary school competitions, and uh, I was having a hard time with um, a floor movement that involved um, some um, tucks and that, that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think it was a it was a confidence issue. Um, so he pulled me to one side, and we we're very very close to the competition. He said, "You know, um, just so you know, um, I've put a bet on with the other teachers that you'll get a gold medal." this weekend and just left it at that and I was like shit I cannot I, I cannot let him down mm. you know my pride I, I was, Okay, it can't happen and then you know shortly after that practice closed went off for the weekend did did well did as expected got the medal that I wanted and then it was kind of we had this little conversation just I need you to do it and it was kind of there was an, an element of, of self-belief mm-hmm. that probably I was too young to appreciate at that age but now that was for me a, a great example of uh, coaching from a humanistic point of view as opposed to coaching the process which might have been you know you're not doing X so do this yeah
1: putting it right back back to you as it were providing yep. you with the autonomy to to make those things happen an interesting example so we it may be too early to kind of um, make
0: make a call but what things that we've covered this weekend do you think you'll take away as things that you'll implement into strength education
1: uh, that's that's a really good shout so one my head my head is in systems all the time yeah uh, and uh, a, lot, a lot of the time my head is in coaching systems i'll be the first to admit that business systems aren't aren't my strength so when uh, i'm reading a book when i'm at a uh, a course or any type of learning really i relate straight away to systems if anyone who's familiar with strength education work it'll be no surprise that i just think of things in pyramids it's our favorite shape really but um uh so that the it's a really nice fit for me basically the systems that uh, that mark has uh, mark and, and michael have started to Outline and in a, in a very humanistic way, they haven't necessarily given us the specifics of the systems, mm-hmm. but they have said, you know, here are um, here are the principles of, here are the big rocks behind the systems, here are what the systems achieve, shown us some examples of the systems, and then uh, that is it. That empowers us to not just copy their system. Ie, not just copy their coaching approach or business approach or whatever the case may be, but actually create our own systems in a way that that are meaningful. Um, so, not specific examples as such, but perhaps a, a little more a little more pertinent. Let's think of. I'm just trying to. I actually wrote a list, so if you don't mind, <laughs> I'm right. just going to quickly find that list because I know it's it's often easier to kind of have the have some examples. Uh, so, let's see. Okay. So, let's see some good examples. Um, So, things like make a style or or language guide. Something I've thought about before, but something which really resonates with me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that may be quite a good example because, uh, again, the way that I would create that guide would be not too specific it would be here are here is what we're trying to do here is the purpose of our communication in these contexts here are the um, the the big pieces the lenses through which you can view this communication and the uh, things it must be for example uh, meaningful consistent so on and so forth Mm And then perhaps some tools to um, some tools to actually put those things into action, and to create that system, I'm actually going to pass this on to one of my team members, literally in that state. So say right here's 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 the purpose. here are the the big pieces. Let's create a style guide around this and and then we might get more and more specific as time goes on, but we're building that system internally through a purposeful principle led. Approach and for me that's uh, that's a pertinent way to build coaching systems, business systems, and and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the um a
0: humanist humanistic approach, an mm. athlete centered mm. approach. It would be fair to probably kind of give people an idea of you know what is strength education and who is
1: strength education for. Cool, awesome questions. So strength education, uh, I might go a bit uh, a bit offbeat with this one actually an answer the, uh, a world exclusive answer and no, I'm just messing but a, a, maybe an aspect uh, a perspective that we don't usually look at mm-hmm. if it was up to me and it kind of is but 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 you know at the same time it's kind of uh, up to what the What is palatable for the industry, if that makes sense, and what is needed within the industry, which is a big reason why strength education exists uh, and burns a fire in my heart, is if it was up to me, I'd probably go straight in with what we do and what you've just done, in fact, on our level one, which is level one course i should say which is the two-day piece that we do at the end of your level one program which is a 12-month program and what i mean by that is by that point we have done a whole bunch of, of let's say technical work and we can delve into this aspect of coaching in some detail we can role play it out we can talk it through we can create meaningful um, almost sort of coaching packs like you've done of cues and questions that really empower you to not just be there at a weekend sitting here sitting at the weekend, listening to me or discussing it or writing on a whiteboard and thinking, Hey, this stuff sounds really good, but actually go back to your gym and, uh, and put this stuff into action. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, ha- how, uh, cause this is probably the first time we've connected since that course actually. Yep. So it'd be cool to hear what, what you've done with that too. Um, but, uh, uh, if it was up to me we would do that straight away however there's also an element of not assuming too much on the technical side and also having so by the technical side i mean we on the level one which is the entry point for everyone no matter whether you are a multiple gym owner like yourself or someone just fresh out of um out of PT school or whatever you want to call it, fresh out of basic qualifications. And that hopefully answers on the tangent your question as to who it's for. We can we can go into more depth in a second. Yeah. But you would come in and, and you would do a year with us and a squat deadlift and press one day module. And the focus of what we do is on our live in-person coaching. I'm really old school like that. Um, we have, you know, we give to all our students. And if you haven't got these yet, students, you'll be getting them very shortly. Uh, Two uh, dotted A4 workbooks to physically write stuff down in glorious Technicolor and and, and everything else, which are pretty sexy for my. If I don't add, I have received cool.
0: I received my copies yesterday. I'm very pleased with
1: them. <laughs> they they are they are pretty cool. In no way influenced by rodeo dotted pads for anyone who has a stationary fetish like Tom and I. Um, <laughs> but we uh, you know so we we base our coaching on the in person side and for for me that's almost the default it's like when we're talking about coaching when we're talking about movement when we're figuring these things out and using a humanistic coaching approach i may eat my words in five years time but for now i i cannot see how we can do that and maintain educational integrity without having uh, an in-person uh, strong in-person emphasis and within that in line with if we didn't coach how we want you to coach so, you know, the whole premise of strength education to take about 20 steps back is we coach coaches. And yep. and if we didn't coach you how we uh, wanted you to coach, that would be extremely hypocritical. So our coaching approach is very subjective in the fact that if I or one of the presenters are up there, uh, delivering some education to you. And I don't even really like that word delivering. It's probably more facilitating the education mm-hmm. Then we're like the conductors of an orchestra. Like you guys are, yes, of course, we have the, the, the shape of the whole thing. Yes, of course, we have the... Um, the uh, you know the music in front of us, the sheet music in front of us, but really it's you guys making all the noise mm. and and we are facilitating those discussions in a way that that are meaningful to those listening to you uh, and and just making it into a into a meaningful whole so. We use though we put hooks in in terms of the how to coach stuff, if you like, across the first three quarters of your level one, and then the level the last quarter is really a blast of, of okay, here's some here's some uh, really meaningful pieces about things like empowerment, trust, and choice, and really uh, foundational principles of or what should be foundational principles of good coaching. And I don't see, apart from the guys and uh, girls that we've just mentioned, that I don't feel like that's a, uh, that's not a conversation that's necessarily being had throughout the industry right now. Um, and uh, perhaps, perhaps, unfortunately, it's it's I'm I'm doing that weird stupid quote thing with my we're getting, fingers right we're getting now. Getting some air right It's now. air commerce, yeah. So it's cutting edge, although it's not. It's it's cutting edge in the fact that like it goes right back to uh, to how to humans and human brains and you know the concepts of things like community and. Um, and generosity, and integrity, and uh, you know, give and take, which I can never say that word ending in itty, um, uh, reciprocity, yeah. and uh, and how we how we literally function and interact and engage with other humans. Surely that should form the basis of how we coach, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, in,
0: in some ways, what's. Uh, uh, you know, and I suppose this is a, a a reflection for me having gone through effectively that that process. That first part, yeah, is it, you create a very intimate atmosphere for coaches to feel comfortable looking at the core of what they do, rather mm. than it just being looking at the process of what they do, um, and it's very purpose driven. And, and I know you've right. you've created that purposefully. Mm try not to use that word too per, much per perception <laughs> per perception um and i think you know it's, it's an in, it's interesting to reflect on how that might be how that might be a struggle for some coaches sure because it's not something that they are akin to doing yeah but actually like you say it's the one thing that we should all be doing absolutely so it's not the what to coach it's the the why
1: and the how to coach and perhaps the easiest way of looking at uh, a purpose-driven coaching approach is to um, to look at movement and to look at exercises and how you actually prescribe, say, a regression or a progression. Uh, it's easy enough to say, okay, so you have a squat, um, you have a, I don't know, a, a goblet squat, and a progression of that might be, a uh, a zercher squat or a front squat or a back squat and a regression a regression of that might be a wall squat or um, a uh, a bar squat or something like that or some version of squat therapy, and that's all well and good, um, but if we can be more purposeful about how so in in the if you were listening to this as a CrossFit um, uh, as an affiliate owner or a, as a coach who works with CrossFitters we could perhaps look at this through the lens of scaling mm. and you may scale reps, load, movement, whatever else based on just kind of, you know, based on, okay, I've seen that scaled in that way before. I'm going to scale it like that. What if though we then, and, and I know some, some coaches do this. So I'm not trying to say this is an absolutely groundbreaking idea, I'm trying to say let's do more of this. So, mm. you know, what? what if we took um, I got off the squat example of a, video, a better example, perhaps. What if we took a pull up and, uh, you know, we broke that down based on does the person require extra strength? What is the purpose? You know, so then do we do um, something like a ring rail or something? You know, like does that person is the purpose of the scaling here so that person can get a good metabolic effect in this workout? In that case, might it be jumping pull ups or, you know, is it the case that we're looking to, for them to, you um, develop some strength and uh within the workout might that be then uh negative pull-ups if it's like a low rep workout or something like that so we do think about it sometimes but you know we can be a lot more purposeful about how we um how we regress and progress and choose movement and even choose programs and uh, so taking a step um down the pyramid if you like if if we uh, i think just in general on the internet let's say mm-hmm. There's a lot of emphasis. There's there's a lot of program jumping going on, right? right. So often, and this is the frustration of many coaches, athletes are very process driven in the fact that um, that they are jumping from they often jump from program to program um, without really getting a handle on what it is they themselves want. So perhaps that is a part of the the role of a coach is to help the athlete understand what what it is they truly want or bah- even deeper than that, what it is they truly need. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have a little, little phrase uh, or a little se- uh, sort of combination of sentences to, to help summarize that a little bit. And I would say that like a, a terrible coach or a bad coach would get an athlete to do what the coach wants, coach-centric coaching. Uh, a, a slightly better coach would give the athlete what they want what the athlete wants uh, an even better coach would give the athlete what they need might meet with some resistance there the best coaches get athletes to want what they need but that starts with the coach exploring with the athlete so again, back into athlete subjectivity what it is that the, um, the athlete actually needs and how well placed the coach is to serve that need and you know that's again something that's perhaps a little bit unusual to some some coaches which is am i the best person to serve this person's purpose do our purposes align Um, and if not then do i have the network which any good coach in my opinion does to be able to refer that out purposefully not just Oh, I know a guy who does that stuff, but really refer it out purposefully through an understanding of, uh, of really what makes our colleagues tick as well to who's able to, to best serve that person. Because from a humanistic perspective, once we have those deeper conversations and uh, it doesn't have to be sitting down with your athlete in their, like, in their induction what is your purpose? Why are you here? What's the meaning of life? Like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, and um, a lot of people are not going to be able to
0: articulate those of things. Of course, because of it's, course. it's not, you know, we're not talking about common processes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I suppose what we're also kind of almost saying in the background is yes, they should be common processes yeah. in these type of interactions. Yeah. But we also recognize right now the um,
1: the nature of things is that they're not exactly that's really well put and uh, you you should coach for a living uh, (laughs) i try it (laughs) and once we have those conversations once we have those purpose led fundamental human to human conversations we can do anything Mm. you know it's it's really it's so powerful once we understand Mm. intuitively once you understand you know what buttons to press as you might say as a coach and you know sometimes you have those moments where you're like I've just figured out how to make that guy tick We can be more purposeful about finding purpose. You know, we can be more purposeful about figuring out what makes people tick. Um I don't know whether it's uh beyond like I mean let's let's give um I hate saying this stuff and not giving one example, one way to do this. So if you don't mind, let's just give 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 a practical strategy. Of course. Um so the the way to start this if in a coaching practice is with yourself and and with Your team, and then once you have a handle on that, then you can do this kind of thing with athletes. So, as coaches, we seem to be pretty awful at, um, weirdly, at expressing our strengths. We're often on the look for fixing things and weaknesses, and that often includes ourselves. uh, And quite often, we we don't we don't reflect on what makes us really good at what we do. However, once we know once we have a handle on what we are really good at, we can then utilize that more effectively. So there's there's an exercise, again, it's a, it's a relatively uh, common and relatively simple, which in a good way, exercise that we can do within this purpose realm. And uh, it's kind of um, uh, what I would call like a top-down approach. So the, it's really simple. Basically, ask yourself what your superpower is. Mm-hmm. So let's give a, a well, in fact, over to you Tom like what in terms of your favourite coaches yep what give me an example of your favourite coach and what you would say their superpower is or one of your favourite coaches I, th- I it resonates with um, I suppose
0: my superpower in terms of empathy and caring cool you know the, the, and I suppose empathy and caring is a superpower and it's expressed through passion okay um, it's not like zealot passion mm. in terms of speaking in absolutes and yeah we've, we've, that's been a, con, a a consistent discussion this weekend it's passion because they want the best thing for the people they're trying to affect yeah uh, they care about the people they care about their journey absolutely and there's an empathy in terms of they recognize that they too are on a journey or are, are a bit further down a very similar journey mm-hmm. and it's not a traditional transactional relationship between coach and participant i have knowledge you need knowledge i will give you knowledge right yes know. i'm
1: going to use my superpower to help you basically so yeah. the way i'll give you a quick context hopefully that will help and I'll give you an example of, of uh, a coach which you'll probably all know and and also yeah. me um so this came about for me when Becca, my ex-managing editor of Becky Muscle, before I was managing editor, um, I wrote an article which was even more nonsensical than usual. And uh, and I was struggling to, it, it wasn't, it was, the stuff was there, the tools were there. This goes back to process versus principles and purpose. Um, but it wasn't really talking to anyone, you know, it wasn't really hitting home. And I'm sure we've all had that experience in in terms of writing or any form of communication, coaching as well. So she said, well, what's your superpower? And I was like, what are you talking about? And, uh, and are you mental? Are you mental? And then she explained, well, your superpower is this thing that, that you are exceptional at, that you use to help other people, that if you asked other people around you, they will say, yeah, you're really good at that stuff. And that is what innate that is a big part of what enables you to be a good coach and without getting too deep into it because it's probably we don't have time I guess on this podcast um that helps you to start get a handle on why you do this stuff in the first place Mm -hmm. and once you know that as we said there's some cool stuff so so I um I thought about this for a while and 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 she gave me some examples and let me give you an example so Dan John for example a coach which we uh, we most of you will probably know or have heard of or had interaction with. For me, his superpower is his clarity. So different to simplicity, which is uh, something to think about, but, but his clarity. Um, and he can take a really simple concept, do a ton of research, put it to you in a way that is so clear and obvious, you almost slap yourself around the face for not thinking about it before. My superpower, if I could be so bold, is my insight. So I enjoy and am good at drawing insight from perhaps some disparate sources and things that don't necessarily feel like they connect to the subject matter at hand, or very detailed research in the subject matter at hand, pulling that stuff out, and then being able to uh, provide you, the coach, with insight in a way that's meaningful to you about that topic. Um, so, and how do I know that? Because I've done some self-reflection. I also ask questions such as, why do you come to me for help? You know, what makes me a good friend? What makes me a good partner? Cause these, a true superpower isn't just a coaching superpower. It's your, your deep driven superpower. Um, so ask those questions off yourself. Ask them off people around you. Uh, I'll forward Tom some further questions, a list of 10, 15 or so, which hopefully, Tom, if you don't mind, you can put in the show notes. Oh, for sure, um, yes. And that will give you a whole list of questions to be able to, um, to ask those around you. And that should give you a really good idea of what your superpower is. Then, just like any true superhero, once you have a handle on that superpower, you know how you can help people better with it. So, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but just to bring that back into context, that was a way for you to get a handle on purpose for you and your coaching team. Ask that off your team, tell them a story about how you found out about like purpose and superpowers, which might be this podcast. Um, and not to promote this podcast necessarily, but yeah. just to give them a story and a context and and some idea of your struggle in terms of finding this stuff, that then builds trust, which is a very important part of what we do. So it
0: all goes round in circles. Part of me thinks I'm now going to call this episode the superpower episode,
1: just like the perception yeah, yeah, meta episode. And I, I think the most confusing episode to date. <laughs> I think it all it,
0: it all nicely chimes together because ultimately if uh, off the back of this episode you know as a coach you can action considering or just going through the thought process or well, you know i exist too what mm. is my superpower that can be quite a powerful piece of conversation either to then have with other coaches who are your peers absolutely or you know one of the one of the cool things i like in terms of the process that we went through for strength education modules was the sense check of your superpower in mm. you know, Speaking to someone who isn't in the realm of coaching, you know, someone near and dear. Yeah. D- do you do you agree with this? Does this you know? Does this resonate with what you think of me?
1: Maybe not like your two or three year old kids because they just think that you're just <laughs> that you are like a superhero anyway. You, yeah, you
0: you are you are. A superhero. But yeah, absolutely, family, yeah.
1: friends, and and all that kind of thing. It will help you gain some uh, some some real perspective. And if anyone wants a hand with that process. Please do reach out to me. Uh, Check out strengtheducation.com is probably a good way of doing so. Yeah,
0: and stole the words right out of my mouth. What's the best way for someone to connect with you or Strength Education?
1: Cool. So, the website is the bane of my life. Uh, the, the flip side of the the, the uh, real life thing is that technology is a love-hate relationship for me. So, at the at this point in time, right here, right now, their their website. Isn't probably the best place to get a handle on who we are and what we do. Um, always in person is. If you want to get a bit of a, a context around that, then our social media gives you a reasonably good example. But what I would say is, if you know anyone who has done our stuff, you know we're um, we're we're proud of what we do. Speak to them, get a real life understanding of wh- what we do, what how we might be able to help you. Connect with me or any of the team. Uh, chat at strengtheducation.com is the best way of, of doing so in terms of uh, just connecting up and most likely we'll hook up as close to in person as possible probably a video call uh, if if you're slightly further afield and, and we'll just go from there um, and something I was talking about to, to, um, to I can't remember who it was but but yesterday was when we have those coaching calls about, uh, are you a good fit for strength education or not, our prime genuine purpose in those coaching calls is is to, and uh, this probably goes right back to where we started in terms of uh, humanistic approaches, is to help you as a coach. If strength education is that good fit, then that's great. If it's not, then me and the team will do our best to put you to twist you in the right direction or give you some ideas or give you some things to think about uh, and, and you know, just continue that conversation with you. Uh, so I hope that answers the, the question.
0: Yep, perfectly. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left because cool. there's another another project that you've uh, that you launched not too long ago that yep. I just want to kind of make sure... Raise awareness. You could say any one of like 27 things here, so I'm waiting to see what <laughs> it is, but I don't <laughs> quite know. So, um, the, the, one I'm, the one I want to kind of draw people to is the Strong Mind Book Club, awesome. um, which for me has been a fantastic resource, um, both in terms of opening my eyes to um, maybe some material that I wouldn't have come across mm. myself, um, which I think is a very useful process as a coach. So, if you could just kind of succinctly that. of yeah. course
1: yeah so i want to give you where we're at now and this ties into uh, I goes full circle again because I've got some I've some ideas that have been reaffirmed through listening to Mark and Michael in terms of where we're going to go with it as well so strong mind book club is essentially a as close to a real life book club as possible in terms of the fact that every remember what I said about my superpower being insight. So every um, month I currently I will choose a book that gets posted out to you wrapped in brown paper and string and just a real kind of old school feel, I guess a bit of a throwback it gets posted through your letterbox. You don't know what it is beforehand. that's the whole point. You'll then open it up and hopefully get started reading on it. You have some accountability to do so as well because we meet up every month and that's on a Zoom video call. And we choose that because you have everyone's little faces pop up on screen and it's as close as we can get to um, using technology to like a, a real life book club meetup. As with any coaching or learning, you know what's the point of just kind of reading it and, and having it contained within the book? Maybe you write down a couple of things or or whatever. That's great. The real value is going to come, and Mark would certainly allude to this in a small group discussion. And uh, small small groups are the uh, the currency of change, yeah. and and really then figuring out how to take this stuff and utilize it. Now, currently, we do that online. Uh, the plan for this moving forward is. For me to help facilitate those real life discussions in person in your subjective small groups, Mm -hmm. so provide the resources for you to be able to ask questions of yourself and of your, you know, this is a real like this is a really, I would say, cheap and easy, might not be easy, but it's a very cost effective way of starting to create a coach development program for, um for you and your team and if I can do the smallest of plugs uh, yeah. I uh, Whilst some work I am moving into more and more now utilising like my broader skill sets and, and my shady past is doing consultancy work on helping um, affiliates and box owners and business owners create coach development programs, coach internship programs, coach handbooks and all, all that type of thing which again is not very often talked about especially doing it in a way which is humanistic and empowering and, and meaningful. So, um, so, so I will be providing you and we will be providing you with the resources to have those discussions in-house or in whichever small group you choose to do. Hopefully, providing even more value to you. We have a couple of other ideas. Solid. I'm going to mention it just now. If it happens, it happens. And what we're what we're aiming to do at some point in the future, along with that, is also provide a um, a a summary, a meaningful summary for coaches, off um, off the books that they are reading. So. Sometimes we have, you know, people meme on me and they'll be like, you know, I've got all these books and although we have those accountability things, of course life happens, you know, shit happens and, and they're like, okay, look, I'm struggling to, to to get all these books in, any tips and, uh, and hopefully this will help. So it's added value for you as a Strong Mind Book Club member and meaningful to you particularly because it's going to be aimed at you as a helper of others um, whether you're a therapist a coach or, or or a manager or whatever else so there's a few things going on uh, haven't quite worked out exactly which order we're going to do it in and how exactly that it's going to look but not not too different from what it is now and hopefully not in the too distant future too super so if you haven't already am oh, sorry strongmindbookclub.com there you go i was even... Did exactly what i was going <laughs> to
0: ask uh, so you have if you haven't already um, i strongly suggest you look Chet up whether that's you look at some of his past material and some of the stuff he's done for breaking muscle or maybe some of his previous podcasts let that kind of um sink into the great matter and then i strongly suggest if you're involved in coaching if you're an affiliate owner or even if you're just involved in kind of connecting with humans in any form of coaching there is some benefit in having a conversation with chet and the guys at strength education um, if you want to develop as an individual, I'm saying lots of things here, but uh, <laughs> Strong Mind Book Club is, is, is really powerful. And I think the way it's progressing in terms of bringing people physically together mm-hmm. is is a really strong thing because it's something as... Coaches, and this is me personally reflecting, then also reflecting on other coaches, is that we don't get together to talk about the craft of coaching
1: nearly enough, which is where it all starts.
0: So I'm gonna say thank you to Chet. We're gonna have our lunch, and then we're gonna buckle down to probably about another three or four hours of full-on unicornness. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we'll be probably be more on Mark's
1: work in the future. Tom, Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chet. Cheers.
0: So thanks for tuning in to episode uh, nine. I hope you really enjoyed it. I found that a real insightful chat to Chet. Um So on our next episode, we speak to Coach Steve-O, Stephen Ledbetter. Um, Stephen's a renowned uh, behavior change expert, uh, spoken all over the world around behavior change, what it means to fitness professionals, but then more widely now, what it means to us as human beings. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a real insightful uh, conversation. So if you like the episode, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you give us some love on Facebook, iTunes and SoundCloud and tune in next time for episode 10.